Hi, I'm Allison Hess. And I'm Sophia Fabili. Welcome back to the Playhouse Podcast. And guess what? It's our 40th season. There's lots to celebrate, including eight shows to see this summer. And the Playhouse Podcast brings a behind-the-scenes look at our action-packed season to give your ears a front-row seat. Cheers to 40 years! Welcome back to the Playhouse Podcast. We are recording today on the ancestral lands of the Haudenosaunee and the Anishinaabeg peoples. This land is part of the Dish with One Spoon Wampum, which is a peace agreement between the Haudenosaunee and Anishinaabeg and extends to the area surrounding the Great Lakes and St. Lawrence River. Subsequent Indigenous nations, settlers, and newcomers are invited into this treaty in the spirit of peace, friendship, and respect. The Dish with One Spoon Covenant represents the idea that, like a family, we eat from the same dish. So everything, land and resources, must be shared. And as a commitment to peace, we come to the table without knives and only with spoons. Thank you so much for coming back to join us on the Playhouse Podcast. I'm Sophia Fabili, and I'm here with my partner in podcast crime, Alison Hess. And um, Alison, I meant to tell you that someone actually stopped me at the Hey Viola opening and said that they were loving our podcast, and that person was related to Brett Christopher, but I was still really pumped. <laughs> um, okay, I'm going to pass it over to you, Alison. Oh, great. So, not to overhype this episode, but we have been waiting for two years to talk about Music Man. (laughs) Sophia and I are always excited to chat about the Playhouse shows, but there's nothing like a big, bright, brimful of joy musical. Yes, and I actually need to confess something openly, brutally. I've never seen the Music Man. (laughs) How dare you? I know, 76 trombones is literally all that I know, so... (laughs) It's going to be an education. You have you have much to learn. Um, I really do. And that's why we're really lucky to be chatting with not one, not two, but 76 artists today. No, I'm just joking. We have three beautiful artists joining us. Welcome, welcome. Please welcome Kelly, Josh, and Jasmine. Hello. Hey. Hello. Hi. <laughs> okay, so this is the part where we read your bios and make you sound really awesome. Here we go. Cool. All right. <laughs> All right, so first we have Kelly Christmas Simpson, who is our assistant choreographer uh, for TIP, for Thousand Islands Playhouse. It is your debut, but elsewhere you have uh, choreographed or performed in or choreographed, choreographed Rent and The Quest, which is really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And we have Josh Quinlan, who is the co-costume designer. This is his TIP debut. Elsewhere, he has costume designed every little nookie for the Stratford Festival, associate set design the Swan Lake at National Ballet of Canada, holy cow, and no change in the weather for Tara Bruce Mervish. And last but not least, we have Jasmine Huang, Mrs. Squires, triple threat, singer, dancer, (laughs) actor extraordinaire, also her Thousand Islands Playhouse debut, Uh, but you performed in Matilda at the Lower Ossington Theatre, Lost Season at Alumni Theatre, and did I hear something about Sneakerella? Yeah, I per- I was living in New York for the past eight months, and uh, I was invited to perform at the Sneakerella premiere. That's amazing. There, so that's amazing. Yeah, I love that. Fun times. <laughs> amazing. So okay, we're just gonna dive straight in. Okay, so for someone like me, someone who doesn't know anything about Music Man, can someone give us a quick little intro? What is the show about? What is the story? What can we expect? Uh, Okay, so The Music Man is about uh, Professor Harold Hill and his, okay, I got to think about this without giving anything away, (laughs) Um, and his uh, journey through River City, Iowa, experiencing the people in the town, and I guess this is not a spoiler, but like, he's a con man, so (laughs) like, everybody knows that like right off the bat, so it's okay. And, you know, how he kind of cons the city, but falls 
in love. Love, yeah. With this falls in love. Yeah. Um, with who? That doesn't matter. You'll find out when you come see the show. Um, but yeah, his his journey through River City, Iowa, and just kind of the shenanigans he gets up to. Shenanigans is one of our favorite words here at the Playhouse and on the podcast. So I'm 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 sold. I love it. Uh, amazing. Anybody want to add on to that or? I feel like Harold Hill goes into River City, Iowa, thinking that he's going to con the city, but then he ends up being conned himself in the sense oh. that he things really turn for him. I think his life changes, and it's just uh, it's nice to see a con man turn to a good man. Yeah. You know what I mean? I love it. I think it's also like a really big celebration of small town life, which mm. seems really uh, poignant to Gan. <laughs> yeah. Good point. Yeah, uh, Iowa stubborn, I think, is what they say, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so we're really lucky to have the three of you, obviously because you're awesome, but also because you represent a kind of a different aspect of each part of the production. Um, so would you be able to tell us a bit about your role on the production? And then, this is the challenge, something that you are finding wonderful and something you are finding challenging about your job on the show. Puts you right on the spot. Who would like to start? <laughs> Jasmine, yeah. Well, I am a part of the cast. I am playing Mrs. Squires, and I am enjoying it so very, very much. This is yeah, it's just uh, being in a room, being in a rehearsal hall with so many humans. We have a youth ensemble that's also part. So we have adults and we have kids on stage and being in the room with so many inspiring artists for the first time in a long time to have so many people in one room working together is just incredible. Something I'm loving about my role and like being in the room is just feeding off of the energy of the other actors. I haven't, you know, I've been on zoom doing acting for all of COVID and being able to actually like sense someone's energy and body language and being able to react to that makes acting a so much easier and be so much more fun and real. Um, not that it can't be real in zoom, you know, you make the best of it, but it's just different. It's yeah. different in person. Um, I would say that for me, I've been like, uh, something that I've been trying to work through is trying to just not have imposter syndrome. It's really easy when you're surrounded by so many talented, experienced artists to be like, how did I get here? And like, am I supposed to be here? But you just remind yourself that you are and that everyone in the room is actually feeling the same way. And then you kind of just, you know, realize that you're here for a reason. And um, you kind of just put that aside and just do the work. So. Yeah, and maybe you like Harold Hill will go through the journey of like over. <laughs> you think that you're an imposter, but really you're the real deal by the end. Uh, That's what I think. <laughs> I am actually Harold Hill, and I am playing Harold Hill. So <laughs> yeah, that was a fantastic answer. Okay, we're passing it to. Okay, Josh, we're putting you on the spot. Sure. sure, sure. <laughs> uh, so this is like a really unique challenge for me. Um, I'm sort of I'm overtaking the designs originally uh, put out by Robin Fisher in 2020, who is absolutely fantastic. Um, she's like such an incredible designer, and I'm like big big shoes to fill. Um, so like that's a lot of pressure kind of going into this. Um, she's gone off to explore other things outside of theater, which is really great, and I'm happy to kind of support her. Um, but this is like one of the biggest costume designs that I've uh, sort of taken on. Um, so like there's that big pressure. And it's also my first time working with kids, which is like sort of like nerve wracking. Um, but I will say that uh, the most exciting thing so far has been sitting through the read through, uh, hearing everyone's phenomenal voices. Uh, I'm so excited to see it up on its feet. Um, and we have so many fun 
fabulous costumes kind of coming your way, like lots of fun patterns. And uh, it's just a big, big show. And we're super excited. Amazing. I have to touch on that. The costumes are stunning. Like, they're <laughs> stunning. We had our fittings the other day, and I felt transported to 1912. And you are all going to be blown away when you see them. Absolutely blown away. Josh is doing an incredible job. The entire team. They're, they're stunning. stunning. Oh, my God. Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> Uh, and Josh, I heard that there's a, a lot of quick changes in this show. Is that is that a true? Yeah, I think, oh my gosh, we have uh, quite a number. So there's 28 folks in the cast, and everyone has between like two to like five costumes. Um, and some of them is like, you know, like almost 15 people changing at once. Um, so it's going to be a busy, busy show. Lots to see, lots of eye candy. And uh, if you've never been backstage at the Thousand Islands Playhouse, I'm here to tell you that there's a lot of room backstage. Just kidding. There's no room back there. <laughs> so I can only imagine, like, the logistics of the stage management team and the quick changes and all that stuff. I'm, like, just always know that behind the scenes, there's a whole other show going on back there. <laughs> and then there's a designer making it problematic for people. <laughs> <laughs> making kidding, it beautiful for people. <laughs> okay, Kelly, we're passing it to you. So um, my role is the assistant choreographer. Um, this is the biggest show I've done so far in my career, which is really exciting. Uh, uh, trickling our way out of the pandemic, uh, this is the uh, biggest thing I've been involved in. And I... What is my role? My role is to make sure that foremost, uh, everybody knows kind of what's happening, uh, not just choreographically, but like blocking wise and like where you're supposed to be going and where you're coming from and like making sure that's all written down and tangible in case we need to flip back 70 pages and be like, wait, where did we come from? Okay, this is where we're going. Um, and just making sure that everything that comes out of the most wonderful Stephanie Graham's mouth gets put onto paper, <laughs> more or less, and out of her brain it goes onto paper. Um, and what I'm loving the most... Oh, goodness. I think the multi-generational fact of our cast, I don't know if that was a real sentence, but it is now. It is. Um, it is. Yeah, um, but like our cast spans, um, we have the youth ensemble and we have our, our full company and um, I don't know everyone's specific age. I mean, I think the youngest, I think, is our Amaryllis and yeah, she's nine. Nine, yeah. And then our oldest, I mean, they're... They're ageless. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're ageless. Um, so, like, the span of knowledge just that's in the room is unreal. That's the best way to put it. Um, and, yeah, that's what I love most about the, the process is how there's so much knowledge from so many different points of views coming at me. Um, and what is the most challenging part, uh, what I think would have to be just getting everything down on paper um, and remembering like I'm so in it that I'm like, oh wait, I have to write this down. Like I'm just having such a great time and then I'm like, wait, 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 this is actually a job. I gotta I gotta write this down and make sure that this is um this information is here for tomorrow and going forward. Um but yeah, that's that's where I'm at. <laughs> and I know like Stephanie Graham does leaves no stone no choreographic stone unturned, unturned. no everything no. is thought of so i can only imagine like your i, I love that multi-generational i didn't even really think about that but even thinking back to Anne of green gables which we did two years ago or whatever mounting 93 three years ago <laughs> um with you know the full age i yeah being in a room with all the different people and then trying to record all the choreo choreography for all those people that is like i hope you're getting paid double um okay so kind of Going back to my little silent tears of the pandemic there, coming out of the pandemic, you know, before we were starting this podcast, we were chatting about how each of these artists is kind of like launching, launching your careers at the beginning. You've done some great things. You have many amazing things yet to do. And we kind of hit this giant hiccup 
called the global <laughs> pandemic that kind of put a kink in some of our plans. And so it's kind of this weird thing of coming back to the theater. A lot has changed in the world since we've been in rehearsal rooms. So I wanted to know, like, how does it feel for you and your positionality as an emerging artist in the industry right now? Does it feel different? Does it feel good to be back? Does it feel, how do you feel? How do I feel? Do we, how long do we have to record this podcast? Um, oh, so many, so many thoughts, so many yeah. feelings, so many like great thoughts, so many not so great thoughts, but overall, really, really, really just feeling super blessed that we get to be back. But during the pandemic, I actually started my fun fact, everyone. Fun fact, this is some insider information. I, um, only decided to do the arts professionally three years ago, which was like right before, maybe six months before the pandemic hit. So when the pandemic hit, uh, I was like, wow, I was just starting to maybe gain a little bit of traction and it's all gone now. But I really, it, it really forced me to just like, A, tackle a lot of my inner demons, which I think a lot that happened to everyone, but artistically and career wise, I was, I just realized how blessed I was. I was able to like just spend time working on my craft every day. So I would take acting classes online. I would take singing classes. I was taking dance classes. And so now that things are opening up, I just feel so excited and hopeful because all of the work that I've been putting in during the pandemic, um, I can now put to use, which is incredible. At the same time, I'm recognizing that that's just not, I'm so fortunate to have been able to do that at all. A lot of people, you know, maybe didn't have the best situation at home. Maybe they didn't have, you know, the income, the money to be able to afford classes, you know, because being an artist is expensive and it's tough. So mm -hmm. I'm just, it made me realize how, how lucky I am. And also with all of the kind of like social justice stuff that's been happening and all of these issues arising with Black Lives Matter and with Asian hate surrounding COVID, you know, as a as a Chinese Canadian, it's been it's definitely been challenging for me as well, you know, um, coming out of that. But at the same time, I'm more more ready and happy to share stories that pertain to me, pertain to other people of color. Um, so I almost feel more inspired than ever to start creating and being involved in in projects. Thank you so much for sharing that because I feel like something I thought about a lot in the pandemic was like how unsure I felt at the beginning of my career slash I still kind of feel like I'm an emerging artist. When are you not emerging? I don't know. <laughs> Could someone answer that question for me? But I feel like something I was worrying about were those like, you know, the new grads, the people who are just starting and to be, I felt so discouraged by the pandemic and I was worried about the talent that we might potentially lose when people just go, you know what, this is bonkers, right? So it's actually very hopeful. You're giving me hope hearing you speak and I'm glad that you're here and I'm glad you're doing this show. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I think being an emerging artist coming out of the pandemic, well, again, trickling out of the pandemic, <laughs> it's... Um, I don't want to say it's nerve wracking because I feel like a lot of, well, I guess this is a personal feeling, but I feel like a lot of the pressure is gone. Uh, for me personally, I feel like the pandemic was really like a, a shift culturally. It was just like, shoot, like the world could come to an end in an instant. Like there's there's no point in waiting and like holding back, um, mm. especially artistically. Like mm -hmm. if you want to do something like this is the moment, like go for it now because you'd never know tomorrow. They might be like, yeah, you're not allowed to leave your house again. Um, so it's kind of just taking, seizing every moment and like not taking things for granted as like we 
once did pre-pandemic um and being like oh my gosh yeah I'll get to it there's none of that anymore it's more like if I want to do this like I'm gonna start this even if I have no idea what's happening we will figure it out on the way and have a great time so that's kind of where I'm at with yeah being coming out of the pandemic (laughs) Love that. For for an answer that you didn't prepare, it was, <laughs> it was bang, on. bang on. It was, that was great. Thank you. <laughs> She's ready for her Oscar, everyone. <laughs> oh, they I, can't see that. <laughs> <laughs> she just gave a curtsy <laughs> for those who were wondering. I like the pandemic when it hit was like so terrifying. I thought that was kind of it. Um, I started an accounting program. I thought I was going to be a practical human for a change. Um, I'm very glad that that didn't happen. Sorry, any accountants. My mom's one. I love you. You're great. Um, I, yeah, it it felt like it was like sort of, uh, like halting my career. And, uh, I'm really glad that that hasn't been the case. Um, and that this has sort of turned into like a bit of a launch from assistant into, uh, an actual designer. Um, which is really fun. Um, but I also found like, I thought that the pandemic was a really great time to kind of like pause and breathe. Uh, and it was something that I hadn't really been doing previously. So I feel like taking breaks is something that's sort of, uh, become a bigger part of my practice and hopefully will be a healthier practice from here on out, which is at least a little positive. <laughs> I know. I feel like someone asked me this question the other day, like, what did you learn in the pandemic? And I, I think my response was, I'm not going to go to work when I'm sick. Like, yeah. Do you know what I mean? How silly that sounds now, but like that we used to do that. We used to go to work when we were sick. We used to push through. And now I feel like we've learned that if we don't have our health, we don't, we don't have our work. We don't have our show. Right. So, um, okay. Amazing. I love all the different, uh, perspectives. Thank you so much for being so candid with us. And so if I can kind of like turn the topic, uh, I want to chat about our, your experience in Gananoque. Um, this is each of your first time in town. And I, I wanted to invite you, how has your experience been? Tell us about it. First and foremost, I want to say, like, I really like Gananoque. I grew up, like, born and raised in Toronto, so I've only known, like, the hustle and bustle, hearing the streetcar, like, sirens. It's just loud and bright all the time. Um, But this has been a super slowdown. Like, uh, everything is more or less closed by eight. (laughs) And I love it because I'm like, it gives me a moment to just stop. Like, I have to take a second to breathe and just be in the town. Um... With that being said, I think uh, because I was born and raised in Toronto, Toronto is such a melting pot for everybody. Um, and coming to a s- small town, it was a, a culture shock moment. This is a predominantly white town. And um, you can't see me, but I'm not white. <laughs> I'm black. Um, so I, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a learning curve and, and experiencing Gananoque. And I think Gananoque experiencing me in their town has been really interesting um and like a a more adult moment i'm new to this adulting thing so just kind of having to navigate um certain situations like nothing has been hardcore like oh no this is bad but just like things like oh right i don't see people that look like me every time i go into the grocery store while i'm walking down the street and like i do need to be aware of like when I'm walking alone or if I'm leaving the house late at night, like just making sure people know where I'm going and, you know, safety tips. But Gananoque is great. Love it. Well, I'm glad you're here and I really appreciate and like respect you for being like being so honest about your experience. Thank and you. 
yeah, I it's like an experience I don't have because I'm a white woman. So when I walk down the street here, I feel safe and at home. And so it's a really like it's refreshing for us to know and to hear that. And I'm hoping as you continue to spend time here and maybe come back for another show, <laughs> of course, <laughs> that you that, you know, you feel at home here. That's our goal. Thank so you. thank you for sharing that. Thanks for having me. Gananokwe, Gananokwe. What a lovely name, first and foremost. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I just it's been it's been so healing to be here. I jumped in the water probably in Yay. the lake. Uh, sorry, the river. Oh my goodness. It's so <laughs> large. It looks like a lake, but I jumped in probably day 1 and have it's only been a week of me here and I probably jumped in like four times at least. So, it's just been so healing. The nature here is just incredible. Um the people have been really friendly. We were at Stonewater Inn last night with the cast and, you know, grabbing a couple of drinks after our first week of rehearsal. And I was just, the, the staff was so friendly. And so overall, it's been amazing. I just, as a Chinese Canadian, as I mentioned, you know, with everything going on with COVID and all this Asian hate arising, I definitely was a little bit scared. I'm not going to lie. I also was maybe like three weeks prior to coming to Gananoque, I was in New York and got chased down the street by a woman and just like yelling about how like, you know, something about China and something. And then another man actually that same day walked down the street uh, and shoved me just for no reason. So I was really scared. I'm not going to lie. I was scared to come to a town that was predominantly white, but, um, and, you know, it, it makes you feel on edge when you go to the grocery store, as Kelly mentioned, or if you walk down the street, you're just afraid. You never know how people will react. But so far, everyone has been great. And our cast is like we've got like a pretty multicultural cast and crew as well, which has been really nice. So I've been able to kind of confide in them about all of my fears and stuff. But overall, I'm, I'm really enjoying my time again in Aukway right now. Really a lot. Thank you so much for sharing that, Jasmine. Thank you. I'm loving, loving, loving the view here. Um, I like, yeah, actually, like from the studio right now, uh, the view is amazing. Uh, but I just, I feel like I've, I've gone for a walk almost every single night that I've been here, and it's just so, so peaceful and kind of nice to be away from uh, the hustle of city life. Uh, I haven't really been here like super like full time yet. It's been like a bit of a part time week for me. So I'm really looking uh, to explore some of like the local food. I hear that there's some like really great restaurants and stuff. Uh, So that's my plan this week is to kind of check everything out. They have really great ice cream too. We've been indulging. (laughs) I'm also addicted to bubble tea and I'm so glad there's a bubble tea place here. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Amazing. And so if we can wrap it up with our final question to you is, can you give us a show of one thing about the production that you would love the audiences to kind of keep their eye out for, whether that's an element of the design, a choreographic element, a certain song, an artist, something that you want to shout out just to kind of wrap our conversation up today? <laughs> um, <laughs> as a part of the cast, I would say one of the things is you really got... <laughs> just look at the way that some of us look at each other on stage like for example i don't want to give too much away but my lovely um on stage husband rob tor who is actually stephanie graham's real husband uh, (laughs) he and i uh, we we just exchanged some really funny looks and i think that it just it's a testament to like how incredible of an actor he is and how I can feed off of him. And you'll see that the relationships, the humor, every like little moment that these actors like 
portray on stage. It's just, it's real. It's real and it's tangible and it's, oh, it's so good. Just watch out for every little moment. Thanks. Thanks, Jasmine. I'm, I'm excited to see that. <laughs> I still, I step back to uh, the first read through and sing through of the show. Uh, I cannot oversell how good this company sounds oh. and just how magical the energy is between everyone. Um, it's just such a fantastic group. Yeah, I mean, I was in there on Friday, and you started rehearsal on Tuesday. And by Friday, it was like, you know, six, eight-part harmony, and everybody was oh off God. book. Like, it just the, the level of, like, singing and professionalism, and, like, yeah, it's amazing. I'm excited. Um, my little tidbit involves you coming to see the show twice. So, you know, buy two sets of tickets. Um, but just uh, seeing how you can find little moments of, like, foreshadowing. Because Stephanie Graham is a genius. Um, yeah, point blank period. She's a genius. And she takes so much time to really discover... Well, her and the cast take so much time to really discover their characters. And, and every character has a backstory that is so much more than it needs to be, but it's so exciting and creates such a, a re reality of like river city here in Gananoque. Um, and yeah, just looking for those little moments and trying to see like, Oh, huh. That look or like that moment happens twice or like just little things that foreshadow. They're really cool to find, <laughs> but you have to see the show twice. <laughs> Kelly, you just like um, major pop star marketing department. Our marketing people are just like, yes, Come twice, come three times, come 76 times. Well, however many times you got to come, you got to come. But listen, I want to say we're just so absolutely delighted. We've waited so long to put the show on. And just like as a personal note, the three emerging artists, like if the if the industry is in your hands for the future, they're in excellent hands. So thank you so much for your authenticity and your heart and your humor today. Such a joy to have you in town. And we just can't wait to see the show. Thank you. Yay. Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And as always, we want to express special thanks to Mark Hunt, TIP's head carpenter, for composing music for this podcast. This podcast is sponsored and produced by MyFM Gananoque. Many thanks to Terry Lynn and the MyFM team for all their help. And for more ticket information and to purchase 76 tickets, please visit the thousandoundsplayhouse.com. See you at the theater. Bye. Bye.